Shalom, y'all. Good to be here and talk about things that we know confidently will take place probably in the near future. And I'm supposed to talk about the length of the tribulation. And to do that, we get that from what is called the 70 weeks of Daniel from the Old Testament. And Daniel means God is my judge. And he lived a life that reflected that. And when you look at an outline of the book of Daniel, chapter 1 is a history of the prophets, their personal life, etc. And then in verse 3 of chapter 2, it switches from Hebrew to Aramaic. And that runs to the end of chapter 7. And it, it ref, because the focus is on the Gentiles, and therefore he uses a Gentile language. And then chapter 8, verse 1, through the end of the book, he goes back to Hebrew. Because these are messages repeating some of the things that are talked about in the middle section, uh, but for Israel. And so with that in mind, when we look at the book of Daniel in chapter 9, Daniel realizes it's two years before the 70-year captivity is about to enter. That's mentioned a couple of times in other prophets that this would be a 70-year period. And so in year 68, he begins intercessory prayer on behalf of the nation of Israel. And he exhausts the Hebrew language uh, by using every word related to sin that could be used. And there's a lot of them in Hebrew, by the way. And uh, so you, you come to, ch- and so he says in verse four, ch- four of chapter nine, and I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed and said, alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and loving kindness, the Hebrew word hesed, which is a special word relating to covenant faithfulness for those who love him and keep his commandments. Uh, We have sinned, committed iniquity, acted wickedly, and rebelled, even turning aside from the commandments and ordinances. And as you go through this section, this prayer section, which we're not going to go through, uh, he talks about Israel's sin. And so this is what we call an intercessory prayer, where he prays like Christ prayed in the garden before he was killed on our behalf. And so you have 70, the 70-year captivity was based upon 70 times 7 sabbatical years that they violated. This is in Leviticus 26, that they had not done this. Now, that covers a 500 and uh, about 40-year period, so they kept a few during that time. And so the 70-year captivity was to make up for the rest of the land as pointed out in Jeremiah 25 and Jeremiah 29. And so based on that 70-year captivity, it's expanded, and you have 70 times 7 sabbatical years remaining, as Daniel 9, 24 through 27 is going to point out. And so this is related to the future, as we'll see here in a moment. And so when you come to Daniel 9, 24, which is a section, by the way, I uh, took a Hebrew class at Dallas Seminary on exegesis of problem passages in the Old Testament. And our professor uh, said that 
Daniel 9, 24 through 27 has more exegetical problems than any past section in the entire Bible. That doesn't mean they're unsolvable or anything, but just a lot of issues you have to deal with when you interpret that passage. And so it says in verse 24, if you're following along, it says 70 weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city. So who is Daniel's people? Israel, exactly. And what is their holy city? Jerusalem, exactly. And so there are six infinitives used in the rest of this verse. And he's saying that when these things are done, then in essence, the millennium is going to come in. Because apparently Daniel and people thought after this 70 year captivity, they're going to go back to Israel and the kingdom is going to come. You see, the Messiah is going to come and all of this. And God says, no, he's stretching history out further. And so, first of all, to finish the transgression, I don't think any of these six things have been fulfilled at all. That means Jewish unbelief, the transgression. To make an end of sin, and that relates to that first thing as well, uh, to make atonement for iniquity, that's got to occur, of course, through Christ it did, and then to bring in everlasting righteousness. This is a reference to the millennium. And... How many of you think we're living during a time of everlasting righteousness? (laughs) No, we're not. And to seal up vision and prophecy, this means to culminate all of these prophecies and have them come to their fulfillment in relation to Israel here. And to anoint the most holy place, actually the most holy. And it's assumed in the context that that's referring to the holy place. And that is uh, referring to inside the temple that's going to happen and that's going to occur during the millennial temple. So these are the six things, these purpose clauses about what the purpose of the future is in relation to Israel at this point in history. And in verse 25, the next verse in Daniel 9, it says, so you are to know and discern. Know uh, simply means to be aware of something. In other words, you know about something. Discern means to understand what he's talking about. So you have to both know it and know the rationale or the thinking behind it is what he's talking about here. That from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until a Messiah, the prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. What does that add up to? Seven plus 62 equals... 69, exactly. Of course, he's talking about a 70 weeks of year prophecy overall. And so it's believed and it, it works that the first seven years, 49 years, seven weeks of years, was when they were rebuilding the temple and the troubles that they're going through uh, that are depicted there. And that uh, second temple was finally built at the end of the uh, seven weeks of years. And then you have consecutively following the 62 weeks of years. And and it says it will be built again, referring to the seven-week period, the temple with plaza and moat, even in times of distress. And that refers to the uh, enemies that were kept attacking them and about how they had to have a trial in one hand and a sword in the other 
uh, to accomplish this. And as you go to verse 26, it says, then after the 62 weeks. In essence, he's saying after the 69th week, but he's assuming the seventh week. And so after the 62 weeks is really the end of 69. Do you understand that? Why I'm saying that? The Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And cut off is just an excellent Hebrew term for the crucifixion or death of Christ that happened uh, four, uh, four days after the 69 weeks of Daniel occurred. And it says after the 62 weeks. That's why the uh, 69th week was concluded on the very day of the triumphal entry. And that's why Jesus said to them as he enters Jerusalem, had you known, he weeps over, and he says, had you known the importance of this, which makes for blessing, uh, and he goes and talks about how they didn't do that. So they rejected him officially at that point. And the people, of, so will be cut off and have nothing. So he, Christ is crucified and you only have that one week of years left. And the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And that is a reference, of course, to the Romans in AD 70, which was 38 years later, 37 years later, rather, uh, that came and destroyed Jerusalem, which, as you probably know, 1.1 million Jews were killed, according to Josephus. Uh, over 100,000 were taken back to uh, Egypt for prisoners. Uh, it said, Josephus notes that for a whole generation, the price of a slave was cut in half because there were so many Jewish slaves available in the economy, so to speak, because of AD 70. Now, just uh, in 132, Berkopta led a revolt in which a half of me, which they made a makeshift temple and reestablished a sacrifice. And uh, once again, Hadrian came and destroyed that after a two and a half year period. And he salted the city and he re renamed it. And I hate that Israel is always called Palestine because Hadrian did not give it that name until 135, AD 135. And uh, in fact, I was involved in the Tim Lay Prophecy Study Bible and I made sure that our maps didn't say Palestine. They all said Israel and all of this kind of stuff because Palestine is a pagan term referring to uh, what we know as Israel. And, it, and it's to wipe out the memory of the Jewish people is, is what that is related to. And he will come and destroy the city and the sanctuary and its end will come with a flood. By the way, that's why you cannot have a consecutive fulfillment of the six, 70 weeks of Daniel like too many people down through church history have because that was a 37-year period there. And so everybody who takes this, the only way to interpret this literally word numbers count. By the way, every number in the book of Revelation counts. Numbers count. And there are no such thing as symbolic numbers themselves are a symbol itself. You don't make a symbol out of a symbol. 
every number in the book of Revelation and in Daniel as well refers to uh, the actual sequence of that particular number that's involved. And so it's, it says that its end will come with a flood. In other words, it'll be a sudden thing, which is what happened uh, in the A.D. 70 situation. And, and its end will come. Even the end, there will be war, desolations uh, are determined. And of course, this, I'm sorry, this is related to the future of the end of the 70 weeks of years. And it's going to be a sudden thing because we know from the campaign of Armageddon at the end of the tribulation. See, I, be, I believe the uh, first part of the tribulation is where Gog and Magog takes place, probably even after the rapture, but before the tribulation starts, possibly. And they fail. It's a regional attack led by Russia coming down to the north. And that's why when they come to the end at Armageddon, they say, well, we failed with that regional attack. All the armies of the world, including good old U.S. of A., whatever form we're in at that point, we're all going to come and attack Israel. Surely they'll be able to destroy them there. And, of course, Zechariah records that those events where half of the city is uh, taken over. So that can't refer to AD 70, by the way. Zechariah, like preterists try to do. I'm very polemical here. I always think of these other guys here. And so you have the decree uh, of Daniel's 70 weeks of years began on March 5th. 444 BC and it's Artaxerxes decree in Nehemiah y'all know Nehemiah don't you okay Nehemiah 2 1 through 8 and there are four possibilities that people raise but uh, the Nehemiah one is the only one that relates to the city and the sanctuary And, and we know the exact date when that was issued and so that ends, as we've said, on March 30th, A.D. 33. Now that's sh- uh, including, see the tr- seven-year tribulation is based on 360-day years. So it's going to be a month shy, roughly, of seven years. You follow? Because this prophecy uh, cycle is based on 360-day years, even for the future. And uh, we now have 365 and a quarter, is that right? Uh, day year okay and I won't get into why you know how that happened the sun standing still uh, you know I'm not going to get into that which I just did so March 30th AD 33 is the very day as I've already mentioned the triumphal entry is recorded in Luke 19 28 through 40 is the very day of the end of the 70 uh, 69 weeks of years and April 3rd just four days later is when Messiah was cut off, A.D. 33, and he was killed. And But it wasn't until August 6, A.D. 70, when the city and the sanctuary were, were captured by the, uh, and destroyed by the Romans. Do you know, this shouldn't be surprising, the first temple was destroyed on that very same calendar day. Do you realize that? August 6th, 9th of Av or something like that, their calendar, A.D. 70. And the second temple in A.D. 70 was destroyed on the same exact calendar day. Both temples were destroyed. 
at that exact time. You'd think somebody like God's behind all this or something. And But when the tribulation starts, that's when the 70th week of years is uh, begins. And therefore, you have to uh, have a postponement during the church age. Because the Old Testament prophesies... Uh, certain events happening in relation to Israel and those people that interact with them. And that's why the New Testament four times says the church age is a mystery, meaning a secret that was hidden in the past. It was always part of God's plan. God doesn't have plan B's. You know that? He only has plan A's. And, uh, but he hid the revelation and it doesn't, the Old Testament doesn't talk about the church age. And uh, as, as far as that goes, and it's mentioned four times in the New Testament that this was hidden. And so that's why the church age in relation to prophecy begins suddenly and unexpected on the day of Pentecost. And that's why it ends suddenly and unexpected with the rapture. So that you can do what? Finish the 70th week of Daniel that's going to lead to Israel's conversion and fulfillment of these six things from verse 24. And so you have the, fa- the as was already mentioned, you have the 70th week of Daniel, the seven-year period divided into two, three-and-a-half-year periods. And the first half is not a time of peace. It is a time in which Israel is secure because they have covenants and agreements. Meanwhile, I believe half of the earth's population is killed during the first half of the tribulation. There's debate over that, whether that leaks over to the second half or whatever. But it's talking about Israel, and that's why the Antichrist breaks the covenant in the midpoint and sets up his image. Uh, And and the Antichrist uh, set up their thing in the temple of God. After all, that's Satan's whole goal for history is to replace God, to be like God as we learn from Isaiah. And so <clears throat> the second half is when they require the mark of the beast. And uh, the Bible, the book of Revelation uses a term 11 times called earth dwellers. It's found in Revelation 3.10 the first time. And it, and it talks about how the rapture will take place and how the, tribu- the purpose of the tribulation is to... Uh, Vindicate that an earth dweller is an earth dweller is an earth dweller. In other words, an unbeliever is an unbeliever is an unbeliever. Not a single earth dweller. And that term comes out of Isaiah 24, 25, 26, around in that area. And not a single earth dweller ever becomes a believer. And so part of the purpose of the tribulation is to vindicate that an unbeliever is an unbeliever is an unbeliever. All kinds of miraculous things going on in that time. Meanwhile... And I'll be talking about this in another talk tonight. There's going to be hundreds of millions of people getting saved during the tribulation. So, other texts that are derived from Daniel 9 have already been mentioned. You have the phrase in Daniel 7.25 that anticipates Daniel 9. It says, time, times, and half a time. And it says, and he will speak out against the Most High, talking about the 
Antichrist and wear down the saints of the highest one. That would be Jewish believers in this context. And will intend to make alterations in times and in law. And they will be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Now, in Hebrew, there is the word times. It has a double ending. In other words, it doesn't mean times, plural, that could refer to anything. It has a couplet, double thing. And so times is a doubling of the word time there. So it's clearly three and a half years when you add up all of these references. Now, again, in Daniel 12, 7, time, times, and half a time is used again. And I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the water of the river as he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven. So he's doing an oath that involves heaven and earth, or earth in relation to heaven. And swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. So three and a half years. And as soon as they finish shattering the power of the holy people, all these events will be completed. And so uh, as you know from uh, Zechariah chapter uh, 12, is it 12 or 14, 14, 13, chapter 13, one third of the Jewish people will be saved during this time. The two thirds will be, it uses the word purged out. So by the time you get to the second coming, as Romans 11 says, all Israel will be saved. I believe every Jewish person alive in, at the second coming will be a believer. And I think other passages that talk about the millennium indicate that from that point on in history, every Jewish person born into the millennium in their physical bodies will be believers. And God, in a sense, makes it up to his people. And then you have in Revelation 12, 14, time, times, and half a time. And the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman in order that she might fly into the wilderness to her place. And of course, I've been there to Petra. And actually, there's, it's in Isaiah 63, I believe it's called Basra. And there's a small village right next to, before you enter into Petra. Now, there's a Basra in Iraq, but that's not the same place. So this is Petra that as you, a mile and a quarter as you walk in from the entrance of these mountains that are very, very high, it's only seven feet wide at one point. And in the ancient world, they could hold off a whole army because they weren't going to be able to uh, cross through the mountains very successfully and surprise anybody. And so this is what this is talking about. They, they, he's taking them there, and obviously with airplanes and helicopters, he's going to, God is somehow going to supernaturally protect the Jews there, and where she will be nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. So God is going to take at least part of the Jewish people from Jerusalem and Judea area, from the Israel area, are going to go there during this time. And that's why it says in Matthew 24, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of the prophet, which uh, standing in the holy place, it says, get out. Don't even go back and get your thing. Nerds, leave instantly. Why? Because God's going to provide for them there, just like he did in the wilderness. It's the second exodus in a sense. So we also see 
Revelation 11.3 says 1,260 days. So God's kind of breaking it down for anybody. Uh, for the slowest person. Three and a half years. Time, time, and half a time. 1,260 days. And, and, and 11.3 of Revelation, it says, And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. I think, even though people like John MacArthur disagree with me on this, I think that it has to be in the first half of the tribulation. Otherwise, the second coming would butt up against the end of the 1,260 days. And uh, so that's the midpoint of the tribulation, and that makes sense because you then have the the mark of the beast being distributed and all this, and so they're going to prophesy and uh, they're going to do that specifically in relation to Israel. The 144,000 will be evangelizing all around the world. Also in Revelation 12, 6, 1,260 days, the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that there she may be nourished. Didn't I just read that? For 1,260 days. Okay. And then in Revelation uh, two, 11, 2, it says 42 months. So that's another way of breaking it down to three and a half years. And it says, and leave out the court, which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the nations, and they will tread underfoot the holy city for 42 months. Whatever that means. That's simply referring to that time period. Also in Revelation 13, 5, it says, And there was given to him a mouth, talking about the Antichrist. Um, so, uh, yes, the Antichrist. Speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months was given to him. That's why I believe the Antichrist is killed in the middle of the tribulation and he's resurrected. God resurrects him to sin further delusion upon the non-elect during that period. So, when did the 69 weeks of years end? Four days before the death of Christ, as we've already pointed out. And that's March 30th, A.D. 33, Luke 19, 41 through 44. And he says, he says in that passage, as I've already pointed out, uh, Jesus saw and wept over The people saying, if you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes, for the day shall come upon you when your enemies will be thrown up a bank before you and surround you, this is AD 70, and hem you in on every side and will level you to the ground and your children within you, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. In other words, Christ's first coming. They didn't recognize that. And that's why you have the destruction of Jerusalem 37 years later and the dispersion of the Jews that has been going on for almost 2,000 years. So Daniel's 70-week prophecy predicts the precise time of Israel's history. And the first 69 weeks of years relate to Christ's first coming, and the final week of years relate to Christ's second coming. And that's why, this is the logic. I'm director of the preacher of research center, so I've got to bring in the rapture here. Uh, 
This is the logic for the preacher of rapture. Is to end the unprophesied and temporary church age so that God can do what? Finish his program with Israel the 70th week. That's the logic. No other position of the rapture makes sense in light of this. And uh, people try to chop it up into different segments and those kinds of things. But this is, this is the purpose. And we uh, know that God is going to do this. And then the, the last verse in Daniel 9.27, And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. Talking about the Antichrist. But in the middle of the week, he will uh, put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering. And on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate, even until a complete destruction, one that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate. This cannot be uh, referred to Titus, because Titus, after he defeated, uh, um, he went back and, and was uh, the Roman emperor for like 18 years afterwards. This is saying that that person who makes that covenant, the Antichrist, will be killed by the, at the second coming of Christ. Well, hope this has been helpful. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the many blessings you've given us, including the Word of God, how we, you've given us a detailed overview, not so much of the events of the church age, but of the events that will happen in relation to Israel and the rest of the world after the rapture of the church. And we pray that this will... Help us to uh, look and realize that we, as the stage is being set, that we appear to be closer and closer every day to the time when you're going to take us to be with you. And we long for that time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed, right? Or are you going to say something? Go ahead. Thank you, Tommy. As Tommy mentioned... Oh, yeah.